right, welcome to the inaugural podcast of what is tentatively known as Classical Stuff You Should Know. Definitely ripping off one of my favorite podcasts, Catholic Stuff You Should Know. At least the early Catholic Stuff You Should Know, because I'm only about a year into the podcast. My name is Graham Donaldson, uh, and I'm here with AJ Hannenberg. Hello. How's it going, AJ? That's me. You look very relaxed because it's summertime. Yeah, it's really nice. That's good. Um, and we figured that we would come and do a podcast every now and then and tell you classical stuff you should know. We are both classical teachers at Veritas Academy in Austin, Texas. And yeah, we love classical education and we think more people should know about it. So we're just going to tell you all the cool stuff that we've been learning over the past five years of teaching together. And so maybe we should give them a little bit of our credentials just so they know who, who they're listening to. Do we have any? Credentials? Uh, loose credentials, maybe. So I teach ninth grade English, which is primarily ancient literature. So Homer and Beowulf and that sort of thing. I also teach 12th grade rhetoric. I've taught uh, logic. I've taught drama. I've taught leadership. I taught a whole bunch of things. And I got my degree in theology from Worth College. And I teach 10th grade English, which is everything from medieval to early modern, well, actually late modern, and uh, 12th English, as well as the rhetoric program, and I got my degree from Wycliffe College in Toronto, Canada. We don't have a mascot, or I would have said, like, go go Bibles, or whatever the mascot would be. That's not the mascot. Anyway, today, on Classical Stuff You Should Know, the topic for today, and AJ doesn't know this, the topic is the tripartite soul. Oh, all right. So, what is the tripartite soul? So, the tripartite soul is this idea that the human soul is divided into three parts. Um, I don't know if it it originally came from Plato, but it definitely was made famous by Plato in his Republic, where when in the Republic, the central question they're asking is, what is justice? And in order to answer that question, Plato feels it necessary, I guess it's Socrates feels it's necessary to say what justice is by talking about the human soul. And he proposes this idea that the human soul is broken into three parts, hence tripartite. Uh, And those three parts are, you have the rational part of your soul, you have the spirited part, um, and then you have the appetitive part. So the human soul is divided into these three parts. Appetitive like appetite. Appetitive like appetites, yeah. Like the the things that you desire. Um, But there's also some things that... the areas of these souls also have some things corresponding to it that actually I don't think make immediate sense when you think about it. It's really actually kind of cool stuff. So the rational part of the soul, this is the part that sort of governs. If you had to locate it, it would be the head. Um, we modern people tend just to think that that would mean just logic, like the ability to deduce things. Um, but in fact, this is actually the seat of the soul where morality comes from which is kind of interesting. Um, I I think more modern people think that morality is like, sort of would emanate from the heart or the chest or the feelings or or the emotions. Um, But in the ancient world, uh, morality was something that was actually came out of reason and rationality. I mean, it makes sense. A lot of our morality interacts with law and ethics and that sort of thing rather than 
your feelings, right? Your feelings often drive the dumb things you do rather than the good things you do. Exactly. So having laws written and codified out were supposed to have flow, have sort of flowed out of um, uh, a long time spent doing uh, rational exercises of thinking about what makes sense. Would uh, that would that sort of come from? the notion that ethics is not something that man has created, but something that man attains to. So rather than ethics flowing from us naturally because it's something humanity invented, ethics is something separate, something beyond us, and then we use our rationality to get as close to that as we can. That's right, yeah. So this idea that that ethics and the code of ethics and the way that people ought to behave with one another is this thing that exists out there. Um, is this set thing. And by using our reason, we can deduce that. We can sort of understand the nature of, of, this, of this thing. So as opposed to it coming, sort of emanating from within or something that we will or something that we try to intuit uh, with, with strong emotion, it, it comes through uh, reason and rationality. Now, uh, crazy things happen with our notion of uh, reason as in sort of the Enlightenment where we kind of decoupled reason from ethics and uh, maybe there's uh, evidence or there's stuff there for a future podcast. But uh, the first part of the soul is, is the rational part. Second part of the soul is called the spirited part. Um, uh, in Greek, the word that they often use is thumos. Um, and this is the part uh, where your strong, not your strong feelings or your passions come from, because that's more repetitive, but the spirited part and the way that I describe it to my, my students is that this is almost like the seat of your willpower. Um, and and there, there's a difference between knowing what to do. Know, like if, Let's take courage, for example. In your brain, you can know that courage is the right response. So that if you can use your, your reason to know that um, uh, being courageous is the rational response right now, and maybe even the moral choice. And then you're using your rational side of your, of your soul. But it is the spirited side that's actually going to keep you in the trenches in battle. You went for, for a pretty lofty example there. It would have been way easier to shoot for the teacher It's in summertime, something we're both experiencing. We know we should spend all of our time reading totally. books and preparing for the coming year. It we know this. It's the moral thing to do. It's the moral thing to do. Ethically, it is right to sit at home and write and prepare and read. But what we do is go swimming and watch way too many seasons of Seinfeld or whatever. We don't do the things that we actually should. That's right. So maybe the spirited parts of our soul are not developed enough. Uh, the willpower has not been, is not given enough uh, rain in the body in order to uh, to help enact those things that you know to be know to be true. So do you find that this tendency to not want to do what the rational mind, the ethical mind knows that we should do, does the ethical mind get kind of a reputation as sort of a buzzkill? Yeah, and the, the, a sort of a buzzkill or maybe like just sort of the angry wizard in the tower that dives, doesn't actually have any, it doesn't actually do anything. It can kind of, it just sort of intuits or thinks thinks about stuff. So that's kind of the opposite of the way that the Enlightenment would have thought about rationality as the highest thing that man can do. You see it as maybe a little less cool. That's right. So, um, and Plato doesn't get into this, but they talk more about this in the Middle Ages and where if you let one side of your soul have, have sort of a disproportionate free reign over the other two, you can get some imbalances in character and you can get some uh, you can get some some sort of vicious behavior if you if you only let the rational side of the soul um, rule 
everything to the detriment of the other two, then you can be a certain kind of person. If you only let the spirited soul rule with the detriment to the other two, you're a certain kind of person. Um, the last part of the soul is the appetitive part. And this is the part, uh, from what I understand, now, it's not like there's just one authority on this through all classical literature. There's all different people coming at, at it with all these different parts. But the appetitive soul is the place where you would find your desires. So your bodily desires like hunger and sexuality and, and those kinds of desires. But Plato also sort of weirdly has the appetitive side of the soul be the place, I think, if I remember this correctly, be the place of where your creativity and where your ability to craft things comes from. So the appetitive soul is the one that paints and makes chairs and crafts things and um, makes does maps and, and sort of creates artifacts. Um, now to me that doesn't, I don't really, that's the one thing that I don't really understand how that lines up. Um, but the reason we have this is because Plato said just as a city works together, um, so too does a soul work together. So Plato sort of talks about that the, the soul is kind of like a, a, a well-ordered city. And you have sort of the rulers who are the philosopher kings who are these the, sort of the rational side of the soul. And then you have the spirited people who sort of are helping to enact the laws, almost like a police force. And then you have the appetitive side. And when he's talking about this in, in the Republic, um, I remember when I was an undergrad, I thought the appetitive side was just going to be like lazy people slugabouts or whatever, but it's actually the workers, the merchants in the city, the people who are crafting things and building things and, and selling things and creating these, these cultural artifacts. That sort of stems out of the appetitive soul. Um, so that's kind of cool. So yeah, the human soul is this three-parted thing. Uh, and I like that idea of like what happens, I don't know if I like it, but it's sort of an interesting thought. What happens if you have one part of the soul um, ruling to the detriment? I think we, we can pretty much intuit or understand what the rational soul would be. If you just had- Cruel and cold. Exactly, right? yeah. cruel and cold and- And, um, and not, not even just necessarily in its relations to other people, but I feel like the rational soul left to its own devices eventually becomes sort of detached from the world and falls into sloth or acedia, right? You become disenfranchised with everything. You know how everything should work, but you don't feel engaged with any of it. That's right. You may have the right answers. You may know the moral actions of what you ought to be doing, but you sort of have no, no follow through with that. So the, the rational soul is, is a very inactive one. Um, it, 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 knows the world, but it doesn't engage or act on the world. And then what do you think would be the, if the spirited soul uh, run, run amok to the detriment of the others? You take a lot of action, but it's not always directed in the right way. Yeah, and you, t and you take a lot of action, and you also would move in the wrong, in the, in the wrong way. So you are someone who um, has sort of no anchor. You're, th you're sort of thrown from high emotional place to high emotional place. You're a, you're a bum stoker. You're either 100% bummed or 100% stoked. Exactly. Yeah. Bum stoker. <laughs> and then you're the I get the feeling that's the first time you've heard that word. I, it took me back for a second, but yes. But okay. now I, uh, I, it makes total sense. And then the appetitive soul, if that is taken to its, to its extreme, to, uh, to the detriment of the other two, then you have sort of like this slothful, but not slothful person. Then you have someone who's indulgent, um, whether it's uh, sort of constantly feeding the appetites, whether that be bodily 
but the fact that the appetitive soul seems to be the place of the creativity and the arts and the making of things, it also seems to be the, maybe the appetitive side is the thing that wants to consume all the time, or maybe in like a weird way, create all the time, but not for anything moral and high with the rational soul or in the proper direction with the spirited side, but maybe just sort of like, I don't know, it's like an art for art's sake. I don't know. That's sort of, I don't know how, what, to, what to do with that. Uh, it kind of seems to, that, that that's something that could be fleshed out a little bit more. But I find that really cool. And then someone in my class last year uh, was saying that they were wondering if there was time, if there were civilizations or times of history when humanity tended to be more towards one aspect of the soul than the other. Like if, if sort of culture... Um, emphasized one aspect of the, of the human soul over the other two. If there was like a time when humanity was too, ra too, re too rational to the detriment of the spirit and the impetitive. I think the point they were getting at is they thought they were coming to the conclusion that today they, they would see that the world was sort of this appetitive soul, that everyone is rushing to fill the appetites and is, and is sort of following after their own desires. I thought that was an interesting exercise. I don't know if I have anything interesting to say about that, but there does seem to be periods of history where um, we were too too rational to the detriment of the other two. I can't really think of any times where we were too spirited to the detriment of the other two, um, but I think it was kind of the kid was on point when he said, when he was talking about that, we sort of live in an age where we are appetitive to the detriment of the other two. Um, but yeah, so that is the platonic tripartite soul. Does this connect at all with Freud's ego, superego, and id? I would think so. I have no idea. I'm, I don't know enough about Freud to have an educated uh, response on that. Um, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, I mean, that's, that's what it sounds like. From what I know, and this is a loose understanding of Freud, the id is the appetite, right? The mm -hmm. animal inside of us that just wants things and wants food and sex and whatever it can have. And then the superego is where the thing that governs everything beneath. And I'm a little unclear on what the e ego is, but that begins to sound like what you're talking about. His m seems to be more levels of governance, whereas mm -hmm. yours is function, but. Yeah. yeah, maybe Freud was more classical than you realized. Yeah, perhaps. Um, and then the last thing with um, the tripartite soul is, it's kind of like a helpful, or at least I find it very helpful to think about that the rational needs to be joined to the spirit and, and the appetitive. These things need to be sort of working together in tandem um, and that the truly, that the sort of the truly balanced person or the person that is living according to the nature to which God created them to be is the person that sort of has this, um, this balance between these strings. Most writers uh, in the classical world seem to say that the rational part of the soul is the king, but it's not a king in the terms of the tyrant. It's a king in terms of like a servant. Um, it's, it's the one that makes the final decisions, but it's, it's, it's toothless if it doesn't have the spirited soul. And, uh, the appetitive soul is also this, this thing that it's sort of joyless without the appetitive soul. Um, so maybe there's a truth, beauty, goodness thing that can be worked into this, into the three parts of the soul as well, where the appetitive is about beauty and the, um, the reason is about truth and the spirit mm. is about, is about, um, goodness. I don't know, but that's... That's what I got. That's a tripartite soul. Classical thing you should know. Cool.
Yeah, all right, so that was our very first little segment. We're gonna shoot for, you know, between 15 and 45 minutes. We're not gonna stick to, <laughs> it's a really really loose set, of, set yeah. of timing there. And it just depends on the subject, right? Some things are easy and quick and some things take a little longer explanation and we wanna stick with those things a little bit longer. So some things will even be in series. We're leaving that bit sort of free form so that we can treat things as they need to be treated. That's right, so thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening.